0: Good morning. So good to see you guys. Welcome to Vision Sunday. Um, if this is new for you, this is something that we do every year. We, we do take one Sunday out of our year to pause and to uh, look back and then to look forward, similar to what uh, Jeff described during uh, communion. So this is uh, an encouraging day. I will tell you, I've done 20 of these messages, well not quite 20, Just done a few of them along the way as well, but um, this, is the, this is the most bizarre Vision Sunday message I have ever put together, and you, you probably can't imagine why. Um, looking back on this year is just bizarre, it's just strange, and I think we're all kind of in that place, we're scratching our head and going, what is going on? And I am so thankful we just sang that song. Because that song, that God is faithful and that He is good, that's actually true all the time. It's easier to sing when everything is going great and when our plans are all coming together and we're, we're on the easy street, but isn't it challenging to sing that song when things are difficult, when things are confusing, when we're experiencing great loss As I thought about 2019-2020 as a year, it's not what we expected, is it? Uh, This time last year, we had a vision message, and we painted a picture of what 2019-2020 would be like, and uh, it's been, in some ways, anything but that. But in some ways, God has been doing a sweet work in us. And that's part of what we're doing today is we want to notice that work. We don't want to miss it. God has been doing something very important that we need to take with us into a, a new year. Uh, the church has always been in varieties of circumstances. Um, you know, if we, as we read through our Bible, there's seasons of expansion where the church just seems to be exploding. There are seasons of great persecution and hardship, suffering, right? There's been times of great upheaval and division. And there's been some sweet, beautiful times of awakening and revival. And God has been faithful and good in every one of those seasons. And He has been faithful and good in our lives in this last year. Now, when I say it wasn't what we expected this last year, I thought, okay, we have a global pandemic. We have uh, virtue signaling like never before. There's a cancel culture that is full steam ahead. There's been violent lawlessness all around us, certainly in some places more than others. And there is a moral erosion in our culture that I'm not sure any of us have seen in our lifetime. And so as Christians, we're sort of faced with how do you live in the midst of that because most of us haven't had to before. It's a very, very important year. If we look at culture through a biblical lens, we would say that What's going on around us is really the inevitable response of fallen humanity in a broken world. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 5 says this, For people, Paul's writing to his disciple Timothy, right? He's telling him about what the world is like. He says, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having an appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Wow. If that doesn't describe the world in which we live right now, I don't know what does. And I'm not saying that. It's not like the church looking down on the world as if what's wrong with all those people? Like it's, it's touching all of us, isn't it? We've all been affected by a season of great confusion and difficulty. Peter, writing to the early church, here's what he would say. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised by what's going on around you or how it might affect your life. Here's his words in chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Those are good words in a year like this, in a season like this. You know, to be surprised is to think that a broken, sin-wrecked world at war with God should be better than it is. That's a perspective of surprise as we look at what's going on around us. And maybe even more specifically, to be surprised is to think that you and I ought to somehow be immune from all of the difficulties and hardship that come along with living in a broken, sin-wrecked world. Can you relate to that? We can think sometimes that this really is strange, and by that we think, I deserve better. Like, I'm a Christian. My life ought to be good and easy and prosperous. But if you do look through church history and if you read your New Testament, you'll see that Christians have never, ever had it easy. Peter is saying that trials are normal for the Christian. Normal. So when we tell other people about Christ, and we share the gospel with them, and we invite them to follow him, we're not, follow, we're not calling them to easy street. We're calling them to life in Christ. Now, I have found that we will rejoice, as Peter commends, to the degree that we recognize something that Paul Tripp writes in his book, What Did You Expect?, that book is written to married couples and it's a perfect title if you're married you'll get this right you get married and you go through this engagement and you have this beautiful wedding i just performed a wedding last last weekend and i mean it was just gorgeous glamorous i mean everything about it was spectacular and then married life begins and it's not a downer but it's hard and a lot of times couples will kind of get on the other side of that wedding and go, what What is happening? How did we get here? Why is this so hard? It it shouldn't be this way. Paul Tripp writes this book. Well, what did you expect? It's married life in a broken, sin-wrecked world. Here's what he says specifically. God is using the difficulties of the here and now to transform you. That is to rescue you from you. And because he loves you, he will willingly interrupt or compromise your momentary happiness in order to accomplish one more step in the process of rescue and transformation, which he is unshakably committed to. So this year, although it feels like a massive disruption, like somehow the the sinfulness of this world is getting in the way of our enjoyment of life, Know this, we have a good father who is committed to using the difficulties of this world to bring us closer to him and more in alignment with his heart for the world. Now, back to Peter's words when he said, don't be, dis- uh, don't be surprised and to rejoice in our trials. He's not telling us to go look for fiery trials. We don't have to. They'll they'll find us. No, No problems there. But he is saying we need to welcome those things as tools for transformation. That God is at work. And what the enemy means for evil, God uses for good and for his own glory. Now, there's something else that I'm taking away from this last year as I look back, and, and I think Peter would concur that avoiding hardship can't be our highest aim as we're trying to navigate life. I mean, literally, life is not at all today like it was 12 months ago. There's a lot of inconvenience. There's a lot of difficulty that we have today that we didn't have then. And there are conversations... Going on in our culture, and perhaps even in our church or in our own households, where we're trying to navigate how to, to, to make our way through all that difficulty. And we can subtly embrace the idea that the most important thing is to eliminate all difficulty and risk. As if that's the highest aim for the Christian. There's a phrase that has gone around, and it isn't just in this period of time, but even a few years ago. But it's been a lot more common, that that phrase, uh, abundance of caution. Have you guys heard that? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be cautious. There's some real wisdom in just using caution in everyday life. But an abundance of caution. It has the idea that that's really what this is all about, is just avoiding any risk of any kind, And that is not the watchword of biblical Christianity. Again, follow through church history. Read through your New Testament. The Lord often called His people directly into difficulty, directly into risk. There's a family in our church. Some of you may know of them. Some of you may actually be following them. Matt and Tori Angel. They moved to Uganda, Africa to serve with a school there called the Mazima Ministries. It's a school to those people. If you haven't been following that, I just want you to imagine what life must be like there in the midst of a global pandemic. I want to read just a couple of uh, posts that Tori put on their page, Angels in Africa. And there's a couple of pics here that go with these posts. This was on August 26th. On days when I'm not sure I can continue, this sweet boy and I get out for a walk. That's one of their sons. This place is so much a part of him. Rarely will you find him wearing his shoes. This makes my heart happy. My heart is restless in this season, desiring to be present and release my ideas of control. Oh, Uganda, you are so beautiful and oh, so hard for us. All at times. September 9th. Can I be honest, like real honest? Tory writes... We need prayer. I have never felt so foggy, confused, and internally anxious in my whole life. The ups and downs of living here are making my head spin. There are so many levels that I could share with you, but trust you don't need a laundry list of details. Intercession and prayer are what we need. Clarity. Thank you, friends. Our Ugandan life, it is so difficult to navigate sometimes. If you don't follow them, I would highly recommend it. Angelsinafrica.com. God called them to that. It's hard but I guarantee you if you ask them, they would say there's no place on earth they would rather be because they are seeing the goodness and the faithfulness of God beyond their imagination. And that's the life that every one of us have available to us if we'll take it. That's what this year is teaching us. It isn't about avoiding what's hard. It's about embracing what is good, regardless of the cost. Paul writes in Philippians 3, 7 through 11, Whatever gain I had, and Paul had as much gain as anybody on earth, he said he counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake... I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the easy life doesn't require you and I to depend on God like the hard life does. That's one of the gifts of that. Paul says that he wanted to share in Christ's sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible he might attain the resurrection from the dead. Risk is right for the kingdom of God. Say that with me. Risk is right for the kingdom of God. That is so true and so important for us to not only believe, but to embrace as we're walking through a season like we're in. So in light of that, even with the uncertainty of this past year, we have done everything that we could do to stay on mission our mission is cultivating connected followers of christ and if you're new to fellowship maybe if you're watching online and uh you're not at all familiar with us so cultivating connected followers of christ that's our way of saying we're committed to the great commission in matthew 28 which is to make disciples of all nations that's why we're here that's what we're about You heard about T2 Pods a minute ago. You heard about Men's Fraternity. That is the mission of the church, to make disciples who make disciples. That is why Fellowship Bible Church is in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And if we lose that mission, shut the doors, let's go somewhere else. That's what we're about. Now... Life has made that mission kind of (laughs) difficult. I am blown away. We became a virtual church literally overnight, and I do want to applaud our staff. You guys would be so proud of them. There is so much that's been going on behind the scenes to literally take everything that we do as a church, most of which is face-to-face, and make it virtual. Can you guys just applaud our staff just for a second? Yeah. I want you to know they love you more than you can even imagine. And they are grateful to serve this church. They really are. And uh, they have worked hard. I have been so grateful and proud. As we have been going about fulfilling our mission, we have a a portrait of a connected life. So if we're helping cultivate connected followers of Christ, there's a way that we do that. We We call it the portrait of a connected life. We help people connect in five vital ways, upward with God, backward with our story, withward with the body, inward with our mission, and I mean inward with our gifting, and outward with the mission all around and emanating from the gospel, the good news about Christ. That is what we have been trying to do, and I I really thought, um, because we've had to have so much distance, it's easy to forget all that might be going on, missionally speaking, It feels a little bit like somebody pushed pause somewhere and that we'll pick up the mission whenever things get back to normal. But I want you to know the mission is alive and well. It's going on. I'm going to share with you some things that are happening from a ministry perspective. And it may sound to you like a laundry list, but I want you to know there are people that are giving their lives away and we are in partnership with them to reach those who are far from God. Here it is, Matt and Tori Angel, I just mentioned to you. They're in Africa. Raymond and Justine Song, they're at the East Asia School of Theology, training pastors in that part of the world, most of whom come from another country there to get trained, and then they go right back to that country, some of which are completely closed. But they're going to take the gospel back to their people Kevin and Colleen Green, right here in our church, are related to, uh, actually on staff with Family Life. We support them. I'll tell you one cool thing that you may not even know about them. They go down to Dallas Theological Seminary on a regular basis. They get an apartment on campus, and they literally just open their door to seminary students, and they say, hey, if you want some encouragement, some resources with your marriage, come on by. We'll meet with you. They just do that for a week at a time. And they said the, the students just pour in. The lights are on all the time. Young Life Locally, introducing young people to Jesus and helping them grow in their faith. We're partners with that ministry. Windshape, a summer camp for kids. You know, it got canceled, but Windshape produced a home. Uh, experience camp experience where families could actually just get camp in a box and do that with their kids and invite neighbors that happened this last summer search nashville that's a a great ministry in the marketplace starting these great gospel conversations with people again that don't have a relationship with god but have questions they're looking for answers And search is providing opportunities to ask. Tevin Peterson in our church is uh, on staff with Men of Valor. This is a prison ministry where they lead guys to Christ in prison. They begin to disciple them there. And then when they get out, they have a year of uh, kind of a, a, a prep experience for getting back into culture. The recidivism rate. Nationally, I believe is seventy percent or higher. That means that anybody who gets out of prison, seven out of ten of those folks are going back. Those who go through Men of Valor, fifteen percent. That's awesome. That's incredible. Tevin and Men of Valor are doing a great job. Stepping Stones Safe Haven. Um, we serve. If you didn't know this, on a monthly basis, this is an emergency shelter for homeless women and moms with their kids they show up here we put out cots we put out a meal and we just give them a safe place to rest so beautiful and you're a part of that because this church is a part of that portico compassionately coming alongside women with an unexpected pregnancy or a painful pregnancy decision from their past. That ministry comes alongside them compassionately and gives them hope and purpose for the future. The Journey Home, serving homeless and disadvantaged folks in uh, Rutherford County. Our students... As a part of the Reverb camp that we just had, they did some stuff with Journey Home to reach out to the homeless community. And then Hope Force International, we've seen the, the value of them on numbers of occasions. But with the recent hurricanes, they mobilized several teams down to that region to serve and care. And we have people in our church that serve with them regularly. That's ministry that's going on despite all that we didn't expect. God's mission is carrying on. i tell you one of the most amazing uh, things that happened this last year was our uh, facility expansion. Call it Deep Roots. You can see the panels on the wall talking about making room for the mission. I think I mentioned to you Probably months ago, that we actually started noticing and talking about the need to expand our facilities back in 2018. Isn't it interesting that God knew what was going to happen this year? <laughs> and I, I believe that He began prompting us, opening our eyes to the needs that we would have, although they weren't the needs that we were aware of then. We just thought, literally, our campus is beginning to limit our ability to grow as a church. So we talked about expanding our facility here. We talked about making room in our lives and on our campus for the mission of God. And so we all entered into this process inviting God to to stretch us, to move us to new places of faith, Colossians 2, 6, and 7, that was was really our uh, focus point. It says, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So we talked about being rooted in Christ, and that propelling us to take great steps of faith. The project, again, if, if you're new to fellowship, we're adding 8,000 square feet to the back of the building that is a classroom space for our children, office space for our staff, and then a mid-sized gathering space for a lot of our smaller groups that are meeting on our campus. You noticed out here when you came in today, how about that? Blowing out that lobby, making some space as people come in where we can actually gather inside. Today would be a great day for gathering inside, wouldn't it? And then we're uh, renovating our weekday reception that's back in the back. But all of that originally was just we need more space because there's more and more people coming to our church. Now? Space has never been more important. We're not supposed to have more than 150 people in this room. That's half of what it was built for. So to have additional meeting space, to have more classroom space, where classes can only have six to eight kids in the room, it's never been more important, and I believe that the Lord knew that. Now, here was the most interesting thing interesting thing of all from last year we were kind of building up to the day where all of us would come together and say here's what we're going to be able to do as a household financially to fund this project the day that the commitment Sunday does anybody remember that was the day we closed the doors on our live worship gathering now just imagine I mean as a staff person I'm just going oh my gosh the timing couldn't be worse This is going to be a train wreck. We're not going to be able to build anything for 10 years. But guess what happened? 180 households in this church committed over $900,000 over the next three years. And as of today, yes. And as of today, $217,000 have already been given. God is not the least bit limited by a global pandemic. He can do whatever He wants to do, wherever He wants to do it, however He wants to do it, with whoever He chooses. And somehow, He has been so kind to this little community of faith. And in our willingness to come to Him and make room for the mission of God, He has provided in spectacular ways. so, so encouraging to me. Well, as a church, if we're going about doing this mission, um, there's this thing we just call body life. We don't really have like a membership list somewhere where your name, you know, is written, and we take attendance and do all that kind of stuff. Membership for us, it's it's just like family. We're we're a part of a community of faith. But here's what it means to be a part of the fellowship family. It's just four things. One is we participate in a worship gathering. Now, it's interesting to me, nationally, um, we're told that most people attend worship at a church two out of four Sundays every month. So it's a little bit like, you know, maybe we check our watch in the morning or look at our calendar and it's like, uh, yeah, I think I'll go to church today. By the end of this morning, you're going to see that for the early church, the first church, the worship gathering was as important as anything that they did. But that's a part of body life at Fellowship Bible Church. That's what we're going for. Community groups. That's not just a program, it's not just a system, it's not just kind of the way we do things. We believe that life change, spiritual formation, that happens in the context of close relationships. And so we have small groups, we have about 30 of them right now. Over 300 people in our church are a part of these small groups. And that's the place where you and I learn to do life in the context of Christian community. So we unapologetically call you to that. Worship gathering, community groups, giving. You hear us talk about money, and hopefully by now, if you've been around here a while, that's not a weird thing. That's just a normal thing. I imagine that you as a household, you have to think about your budget How much are we spending? How much do we have? Are we living within our means? What might God want to do with what he has given to us? All of those same questions that you ask as a household, we ask those same questions as a church leadership team. And so we ask everybody, everybody to give, to invest in the mission of God financially because churches aren't free. (laughs) Reaching the world. It costs us something. Um, It's been so encouraging this last year. We met our giving goal. Again, despite all of the challenges that we have been facing as a culture and as a community, you guys have continued to give faithfully. And that's a beautiful, beautiful testimony to the Lord. As we go forward, we have a new budget. We have a new giving goal. We want to let you know that. Um, last year it was $20,500 a week. This year we're going up to a whopping $21,000 a week. But that's going to give us $26,000 more to work with as we go into a new year of ministry and hopefully have influence in this city and around the world like never before. So, We're asking again, if you're a part of Fellowship Bible Church, we're going to ask you to prayerfully go to the Lord and ask Him, Lord, what would you have me give? And then be faithful in doing that as an act of worship like any other act of worship that you might participate in. Just part of being in the family, being a part of fellowship. Then lastly, being a part of this community of faith means service everybody has a part to play. I want to run through some quick ministries here, and this is going to be a huge part of this year in particular. Um, Community group leaders and leader coaches, men's and women's ministries, marriage mentors. We have a ministry here. You're going to hear about this in the next week or two where there are a group of couples that have been trained specifically. So if you're in a tough spot, maritally, you can have an older couple who will pour into you for a year and help you move forward. Regeneration, biblical recovery, a safe place for people to, to really tackle some tough areas, maybe of addiction or otherwise. Mercy found orphan care, coming alongside those that are working through adoption or fostering. Our children's ministry, massive, massive opportunities. For service and ministry, student ministry, um, basically middle school, high school, and college. We are pouring into the next generation so that they'll be ready to lead and serve the church when all of us are gone. That's how it's always been for 2,000 years, and we're continuing that. We have a safety ministry that literally watches over us every single week and serves this body. You, You probably don't even know who all of those people are, but they are beautiful, beautiful servants each and every week. Our worship arts ministry, which you see many people on the stage, they are lead worshipers, and they serve us in that way. But also, I just want you to look back in the back at that booth. There are people that sit back there every single week to make sure that we have slides on the screen and sound in our speakers and lights coming on in the room. It doesn't sound you know, uh, real spectacular, but without that, This whole experience is very different than what we experience week in and week out. Beautiful, beautiful acts of service. Greeters and hospitality, people that work out in the parking lot and uh, sanitize this room and the bathrooms each week. There's people that are serving in those ways. And then communications All of the different ways that we communicate with one another inside and outside the church. There are people serving in all of these places. And so as a part of this community of faith, we will ask you to serve. Find a place. And that's what this next year is going to be all about. That's going to be our focus. 2019 and 2020 has not been what we expected, but God has been very faithful and good. He's provided in some amazing ways now as we look forward to 2020 2021 we want all that god intends for this church we don't know what that is not a single person in here knows what that is except that we would be about his mission and so here's what we're going to do we're going to focus think about that portrait of a connected life right And every year we try to take one of those areas and really focus. So this year we're going to focus on connecting inward with our gifting. And our gifting is directly related to our service, building up the church. As we connect inward with our gifting, we discover the unique part God has called us to play in life. So we're going to create opportunities for you to uh, discover and engage with your gifting. We're going to ask and answer an important question. How am I building maturity by serving my church according to my unique design? Let me say that again. This is the question we're going to keep asking and keep answering. How am I Building maturity, my own maturity and the maturity of others, by serving my church according to my unique design. Now, with that in mind, before we go any further, um, we want your help. So I'm going to ask everybody, if you could, to pull out your smartphone right now. Please do this online. If you're watching online, pull out your smartphone. We're going to take a quick survey, 90 seconds. That's all it's going to take. I want you to text FBC Survey to 313131. Basically, this is a quick survey related to spiritual gifting. It's super, super fast. FBC Survey to 3131, you're going to get a link. Click on that link and take the survey. I wish we had some survey taking music. I don't know if we can pull that off back there in the booth, guys, but. Um Go for it. Right now, take that survey. I will give you 90 seconds. Look at that. We have survey taking music. Still working on it, finish that up. I'm gonna keep moving here. As we go into this next year, we're gonna have four phases of our focus on uh, connecting inward with our gifting. We're gonna have an instruction phase this fall where we're gonna do a sermon series directly related to understanding the biblical concept of spiritual gifting. So we'll do some instruction through the fall. Then early next year, we're going to have a discovery phase where you're going to get to take some assessments and begin to discover how God might have gifted you to build his church. Then after that, we're going to go into an activation phase where you're going to begin to see opportunities where you can use your gifting to serve. We're going to have a ministry fair where you're going to hear about all those ministries and those who are involved in leadership, and you'll be able to go to them and say, how can I plug into this area of ministry? Listen, our goal is 100%. Everybody has a part to play, and we want you to find that and begin to use the gifts that God's given you, and then at the end of our 12-month year, we will celebrate, and it will be awesome. We're going to move forward into this year with the same mindset we had as we went through deep roots, and that is finding and following God's lead. Finding and following God's lead. And what that's going to come down to is you and I really learning to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to have a sensitivity to His voice, not only through His Word, but just as He's in you, He's leading you. We want you to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk about that. There's a great quote in uh, Emily Freeman's book, The Next Right Thing. She says, Instead of insisting on clear plans, what a timely word, may we be willing to settle in and take the next right step, even though it may lead somewhere we didn't quite pack for. May we stop insisting that everything have an explanation. Let's be men and women who keep our ears pressed gently against the heart of God, willing to respond to faint whispers and small nudges, and even have an openness to be the wink of God for someone else. I love that. That's the Spirit-filled life. It's asking God to lead us wherever He would please. We are more than a cultural tribe we're not a club, we're not an association, we are the family of God. And here's some things that are true of us. Spiritually speaking, as I've already said, we're family. We're called the body of Christ. We're we're told in the scriptures that we're members of one another. That's different than any other association on earth. We need each other and we need everyone to do their part. If you and I don't do our part, the church loses out on that. It is a loss. It's not just something like, eh, well, that would have been nice to have. It's literally a loss. So we need everyone to do their part. Unity, and wow, this has never been more important. Unity is more than intellectual agreement. It isn't just us nodding that we agree on everything. It is shared commitment and sacrifice. That's what biblical unity is. And that's what we're going after as a church. Finally, our cause as a church is not better conditions for Christians. Did you hear that? See, every cause out there is typically thinking about let's let's make life better for some group of people somewhere. The cause of Christ is not better conditions for Christians. It is salvation for all who are dead in their sin. That's why we're here. That's why the church exists. And that's what we're committed to as a church going forward. It's Vision Sunday. I want to read some vision for you from Acts 2. This is the first church, the early church who lived perhaps in one of the most difficult times in history as this little bitty church was just forming. Listen to how they lived. All who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day... Attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Four quick observations. Now, this is descriptive, not prescriptive. We don't have to do things exactly like that early church did. But I want you to notice... Four things. The attitudes of those people toward their stuff. Notice the priority of community. Notice the overflow of gratitude. And notice the regularity of redemptive influence. I think those are four things. Wouldn't we love for that to be true of our church? Wouldn't we love to see that that regularly here? We want all that God intends for us in 2020, 2021. And to get after that, we're going to do everything that we can to find and follow God's leadership, both as individuals and as a collective. As we finish up this morning, I want to read a prayer to you. Uh, from uh, the same book I just quoted a moment ago, Emily Freeman's book, The Next Right Thing. And as I'm praying, this is going to be our so what for today. I've given you a whole lot, looking back, looking forward, thinking about God's activity in our midst. So I want to read this prayer, and I want to invite you to sort of pray it with me privately. And then ask God to, to put his finger on whatever it is you need to do in response to his initiative. All right? So let's pray together, and then I'll, uh, I'll close us in prayer in this time of so what. Father God, you told Abraham to leave his country, his people, and his father's household, but you didn't tell him exactly where he was going. You told Moses to lead the people out of Egypt, but you didn't give him a five-week plan. You told Mary she would have a son and call him Jesus, but she wasn't offered assurance of his safety or guarantees that her life would go smoothly. You are not a God who offers clear steps. But you invited Abraham outside and told him to look up at the stars. So shall your offspring be. You gave Moses a vision of a promised land flowing with milk and honey. You whispered salvation for the whole world in Mary's ear. You never promise clarity, but you always give a hopeful vision. And you always promise presence. Here are his words to us. I will go with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid. Father, we thank you together this morning for an amazing year. A hard year. A challenging year. But a fruitful one you are at work, you are good, you are faithful, and we're grateful. Lord, we invite you to lead us into this next year and use us in every way that you see fit to advance your redemptive mission on earth until you return. Help us, Father, to persevere in that with glad hearts until we see that day. I pray that in Jesus' name.